are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I am really excited to share God's Word with you today, and uh, I believe He has given me something that is going to restore hope in your heart. You know, we've been in a series through the Lent season called Listen, and the idea behind the series is Listen to what God says to you through his word. Listen to that inner voice as God speaks through your spirit. And during the sermons during Lent, we are talking about listen specifically to the words of Jesus. So I ran across an acronym the other day, and uh, I'm excited to share it with you. I hadn't seen it before. Maybe you have, but let me put it on the screen. We use the word wait. So I don't know, maybe you're able to fill that in or you've seen it. I had not until recently. But here's, here's what the acronym stands for. Why am I talking? So the idea is that, that you might be in a situation where you're talking, 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 and, um, and finally you pause enough for another person to talk. And once they do, you realize this person really has something to say. And, and at that point... You, you kind of say to yourself, wait, why am I talking? Maybe you found yourself in that position as you have heard the words of Jesus over these last couple of weeks. Uh, people are sharing Jesus' words everywhere. Now, if you tell me, uh, Pastor Rick, I think you should listen to this person. Well, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know, you know. Uh, but if God says to me, hey, Rick, you should listen to this person, then I'm convinced that I should listen to this person. And that's what God does. God says, this is my son. Listen to him. And so I think that since this whole COVID-19 crisis has come along, we have been listening to Jesus better than ever. I see the words of Jesus posted almost everywhere. People are sharing his words with one another. And so the other day, um, Annette and I were home, or rather the other evening, and we turned our television on, and the governor of the state of Oklahoma was hosting a prayer meeting. I couldn't believe what I was seeing and experiencing. We heard the words of Jesus over and over again throughout the night. We were truly overwhelmed. I shared it with a friend the other day in a conversation, and he says to me words that I ended up writing down on my phone. And I wanted to share them with you. He says, yeah, you know, pain always improves our hearing. Pain always increases our listening ability. It reminds me of one time I called my mother and I said to mom a few years ago, I've got the flu. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I need to be at work. I can't be at work because I've got this crazy flu thing going on. I'm struggling. And after several minutes of complaining, I paused and I said to my mom, what do you think? And she says, oh, Ricky, I don't know that it's so bad after all. And I said, mom, what are you saying? I've got the flu. And she says, I don't know, Rick. I just think in my life many times it's when I get on my back that I tend to look up. And I think, I think all of us feel like we're on our back to some degree right now. And because we are, we tend to look up. 
And because we are, we're listening to Jesus like we've maybe not listened before. I think Jesus has something to say to us. And that's always the question in seasons like this. Jesus, what do you want to say to me? What are you trying to say to me? And I believe of the many things that Jesus is trying to say to us, this is one of the things he's trying to say. When you are tired of life being so difficult, I think Jesus is saying, would you just find rest in me? When life gets really hard, when life becomes very tough, when life becomes a great struggle, when the COVID virus gets real, and you find yourself exhausted, and you're just worn out with it all, Jesus says, I want you to find rest in me. So in a moment, I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 11, and I want to read those words to you. Before I do, I want to remind you that Matthew is presenting Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. He's presenting Jesus as the Messiah, the one who will usher in the kingdom of God. And so early on in the book of Matthew, Jesus comes proclaiming the kingdom of God. This kingdom is unlike any other kingdom in this world. Values are different in the kingdom of God. He comes teaching about the kingdom of God. And then he begins to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the way that he heals people, in the way that he forgives people of their sin, and in the way that he raises people to new life. I love it. When you get to chapter 11, we begin to hear the responses that people have to Jesus' message about the kingdom. And so let me take you to verse 25, okay? Here we go. So at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to little children. Now, the contrast is great here. This is where we're focused on the response of people to Jesus' message of the kingdom. So some are rejecting it. And Jesus said, those are the people who consider themselves wise. Maybe it's an intellectual pride. Maybe it's a self-sufficiency. But you notice that other people are accepting the message. He refers to them as the little people, the children. People who maybe realize their dependency on God and their need for him. And so while the wise are making no progress at all in their understanding of God, the little people, the poor, the ordinary, they are coming to know God in unexpected ways. And so let me continue with the scripture. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. Now, he talks about revelation. No one really knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then you have this awesome invitation that you're going to love. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all you who are exhausted and tired, and you've decided that life has become very difficult, the load is very heavy. You're tired. It's tough. It's hard. It's a struggle. This thing has gotten real. I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke, Jesus says, upon you and learn from me. In other words, I'm going to teach you for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I don't know about you, but I like reading those words. I'm going to find rest for my soul for my yoke is easy and Jesus says my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God and we all say together, thanks be to God. You know, this has been quite a week for us. On Monday, I got up and I began to read the news. And I remember reading the words of the Surgeon General of the United States who said, this week, it's going to get bad. He was talking about the fact that we now have more testing of the coronavirus. And also the virus is spreading and what he was trying to prepare the United States for was that these numbers are going to increase rapidly over this next week. As of Monday, there were 42,000 confirmed cases of people infected with the virus, 42,000. I got up on Saturday morning and I learned in the news that we were now over 100,000 cases. The Surgeon General was right this week. It got bad. As of last Monday, we had 500 deaths in the United States of America. When I read the news on Saturday morning, that death count was up to 1,600. The Surgeon General was right. It got bad. People are beginning to assume that the coronavirus crisis will be one of the most significant events in the history of our world. In other words, there are many of you who one day will talk to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and share with them how you were alive during the coronavirus crisis. I was on the phone just a few days ago with a coworker, and when we finished talking about work and all that we needed to cover, I remember saying to her, hey, before you go, could I just ask you, how are you doing Emotionally, how are you holding up? How are you processing everything? I just kind of wondered how you're doing. And she said, you know, it's funny you ask because last night I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't go back to sleep. And she said, I remember through the darkness and the hours past, I wanted daylight to come in the worst way. Her words really resonated with me. I understood what she's saying. I understood what she was feeling. I was on the phone a couple of days ago with another coworker, and I said to him, I just called to check on you. I want to see how you're doing. How are you holding up under all of this? And he said, you know, I guess I'm okay, but it's interesting. Last night I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't really go back to sleep. I don't know why. I don't really understand it, but I guess I'm making through it okay. You know, I decided on Thursday I should do what I normally do on Thursday when the weather's pretty. It's my day off, and I went to play golf. I confessed to a friend the next day. I said, I don't really understand fully why, but I, I don't think it was really good for me to go. I wasn't able to really relax. I don't think I ever really calmed down and enjoyed myself. In fact, when I got in the car, I was just kind of glad it's over. Uh, you may say, I've seen you play golf. I think I know why you were glad it's over. <laughs> that may have something to do with it. But Annette and I find ourselves 
feeling kind of unsettled at times. I mean, our family is blessed and I don't think we're going through any more than any other family. And I think we're going through a lot less than some families are. And I wonder sometimes, why am I feeling everything that I'm feeling? I think I'm beginning to figure it out. I'm watching people that I love struggle way more than I'm struggling. So a friend that I've had for a long time, maybe 35 years or so, he called me the other day and he said, Hey, Rick, my dad died today. He said, you know, with everything the way it is, only one person could be with him. And at that moment, he actually was by himself. And he said, I know that he hasn't been conscious for a little while, but I just hated he had to die alone. I told him I was sorry that his dad died during this crisis. And he said, we're not going to do a typical funeral, of course. And everything just feels different. I prayed with him over the phone. I was really glad I got to talk to him. One of my coworkers texted me the other day and she said, my grandmother passed away. I called her a little later and she said, I'm not going to get to go be with my family. And I understand it. We're not going to do a funeral like we would normally do. And I said to her, I'm really sorry. You're not going to get to grieve like you would want to grieve with your family. And you're not going to get to celebrate her life like you normally would. It's just hard. I, I, I feel like the story gets you know, repeat it over and, and over again. I, I got a phone call just the other night that uh, one of our members was rushed to a hospital. And so I, I called his family who were sitting in a parked car in the hospital parking lot because they could not go in. And I prayed with them over the phone and I told them I was sorry it was happening during this season. I was texting with the patient. It's just difficult, that's all. A lady who attends our church sent me a text and said, would you please pray for me? They're taking my dad who is elderly to the hospital. He has COVID-19. He's in a position where his temperature is spiking. They can't get it down. He's not got good oxygen level at this point. I don't know what to do. I picked up my phone. I called her. We prayed together. I, I think when Jesus uses words like burdened, and tired. I think they're good words. They're descriptive of what we're feeling and how we're doing right now as a nation and really as a world. You know what I want? I want normal again. Um, I want life to go back like it was. People keep asking me, hey, Pastor Rick, when do you think we'll get back to normal? Even when I go on vacation, a vacation that I really want to go on, a vacation that I've looked forward to, I'm always glad to get back home and get back to my routine. And I find myself now saying, I want to go to a meeting and meet with people face to face. I'm tired of Zoom. Or I want to come into this room and I want it to be filled, all of these seats with you. I want us to worship together in the same place. I want to go to restaurants and I want to sit with friends and, and have long dinners and, and talk for an hour or two after I eat. I think what we're all learning about ourselves is that we have this felt need to be connected to one another. We weren't created to live in isolation. We were created to live in community. And all of our hearts long again to be together together. 
in community. What I'm trying to say is really simple. Let me say it like this. I think we're all growing weary in the struggle. So the reason I talk to you about the fact that life becomes difficult is because I think everybody's growing weary. We're getting tired. Life is hard. Life is challenging. Life is a struggle. This thing has gotten real. And we're beginning to grow weary of the struggle. Now, you got to lean in. You cannot leave me right here, okay? you got to stay close by because I've got to talk to you about what's going on in this passage of Scripture. Now, Jesus is speaking specifically to a group of people about a specific situation. It's to the Jewish population. Now, you know who Pharisees are. Pharisees are people whose full-time job, I'm not making this up, their full-time job was to be good, as good as they could be, to keep the law of God, to honor God, to love God, to live to please God. That's all a very good thing. But it confuses me and causes me to scratch my head when they talk about the law as a yoke. And that's how the Pharisees referred to the law. They talked about people coming under the yoke of the law. Now, you and I don't use the phrase or the word yoke very often. And so I thought I better bring a picture, okay? And so what I have is a couple of oxen, oxen, and they are under a yoke, okay? And what you would do is you would hook the yoke to a plow or you'd hook the yoke to a wagon, and that was their burden. That's what they had to carry. That's what they had to drag. And here's why the Pharisees saw it as a yoke. Not only did they try to keep the law of God, which was a very good thing, but they gave their lives to keeping the scribal law. It's when the scribe said, okay, the law says, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. And then they had this list of rules that the scribes would write that said, these are all of the things that you cannot do on the Sabbath. And so you understand why the Jews said, it feels like a yoke. You understand that for Jews, religion was just this endless list of rules that the scribes had given them as they tried to interpret the law. It was just this list of rules that dictated every action of your life. And Jesus fully understood their confusion. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, the scribes and the Pharisees, they bind heavy loads, heavy burdens, that are hard to bear, and they lay them across the shoulders of men like a yoke. And what Jesus saw was people trying to find God by being good. And they were finding it a burden that was too heavy to bear, and they became too exhausted with it. Now, we know what Jesus was saying and who he was talking to in the context. Here's always the challenge of Scripture. What is Jesus saying to you through this? What's he saying to me through this? And I believe what Jesus is saying today is that, yes, sometimes life gets really hard. For the Jews, it was for this reason. For you, it has to do with a pandemic, a virus. And life is a struggle right now. 
And life is a challenge and life is tough and life is hard. And for some people, it's a lot harder than it is for others. And Jesus is saying, I want you to find rest in me. So what do you do with all of this? Let's talk about that for a minute. We have a pastor on our staff here who has been here for many years. His name is Harlan Moore, and he's a gifted musician and worship leader, but he's also a gifted writer. And the other morning I woke up to a post that Harlan had posted on social media. Harlan said it was two in the morning and I couldn't sleep. Anxious? No. Worried? No, I wasn't worried. I was wondering. I couldn't go back to sleep because I was wondering, what is God trying to say to us through all of this? And I found myself up and out of bed with the Bible in front of me, open to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. And I read these words, cursed are those who put their trust in men and mere human strength and turn away from the Lord. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. When he is their hope and their confidence. And Harlan said, I think we are all looking for someone to save us. Whether it's the CDC or the World Health Organization or the U.S. government or Wall Street. We're looking for someone to come up with a solution and deliver us from this dilemma. But Harlan said in his writing, I'm convinced it's not going to happen. CDC and the World Health Organization aren't going to just all of a sudden come up with a magical cure, a pill that we take and we're all good to go. And he said the U.S. government, it remains in gridlock. It's not going to set us free. And Wall Street can't do it because there's just not enough money in the economy for everybody to receive employment checks. Harlan said, I believe as a world, not not as a nation, listen to this, as a world, we have a worldwide decision in front of us. And that is, will we choose faith in God or futility? Will we choose to depend on God during this time or will we choose despair? So so let let me just ask you in these moments, who are you turning to? Life has become very difficult. It's become very challenging. It's stressful. It's tough. COVID-19 got real this week in the United States of America. Who will you turn to? Let me share with you the words of Jesus. Jesus says, you should come to me. Come to me. When life gets hard, when you get tired, when you're just exhausted, when you've grown weary, come to me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I got to tell you what this is all about. When he says my yoke is easy, the word easy actually means that it fits well. In other words, it was tailor-made to fit you. 
What he's saying is, you can do this. I will empower you to do this. This was made to fit you. And he goes on to talk about how he's going to teach you. And what he's going to teach you is that the law, okay, was always and only about two things. It was about loving God with all of your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, that fits you. You can do this. I think about a little boy who on his back was carrying his little brother. And a man saw him and challenged him and said, hey, young man, that's a heavy load for you to carry. And the little boy responded, oh, he ain't heavy. <laughs> He's my brother. In the 1960s, a British rock band called the Hollies wrote and recorded the song, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, and it's been in our memory ever since. I think there's a lesson here. If you ask me, hey, Rick, are you a follower of Jesus? I am. And if you said to me, boy, I've read about Jesus' teachings. He asked a lot of you, is that hard? I'm going to say, is it hard? Oh, I... I wish I was better at it, but, but no, it's not like that. It's, it, it's, it's that Jesus loves me, and, and I love Jesus, and Jesus wants what's good for me and, and what's good for my neighbor, and no, I'm telling you, following Jesus, it's, it's a joy. I, I don't want another life. This is the only life I ever want to live. Jesus is talking to us today through his word. And here's what he's saying. Whatever you're carrying, whatever you're carrying, would you just give it to me? That wasn't made for you to carry. <laughs> it doesn't fit you. You let me worry about the coronavirus. And you take my yoke. You love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, and I'll take care of the world. You might say, Rick, what does that look like for me? It means when you get up in the morning, here's what you do. You just focus on loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, and you focus on loving your neighbor like you love yourself. And you trust God with everything else. In every situation you find, you simply ask a couple of questions. What does it mean to love God right now? And what does it mean in this moment to love my neighbor? <laughs> well, I need to wrap it up here, okay? Let me, let me do it with one, one quick story. One of my favorite stories is about Annette and me. Several years ago, we were looking at some houses and there was a house that was for sale. Nobody was living there. They had moved out of the house and, and uh, there wasn't a realtor present. The open house had closed and we were walking around the house trying to see in windows, but there was one window that Annette wanted to see in that was just a little bit too high for her. And I said to her, Hey, why don't, why don't you do this? Come here. I interlocked my fingers like this and I said, just back up to me. Okay. And reach up with your hands and put them on the windowsill. And when she did, I just lifted her up and I said, now straighten your leg. And Annette was able to see in the window. And she could see what the house was like. When Jesus 
says those timely words. Nobody knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus was saying, I'm the window. <laughs> I'm the window to God. If you look into my life, you can see what God is like. Jesus actually said these words once, if you have seen the Son, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And so what Jesus was saying was, do you understand what God is like? No matter what preconceived notions you come with today, let me tell you what God is like. God is the one who is saying, is life hard? Has life become difficult? Is life challenging? Is life getting really tough? Are you becoming weary in the struggle? God is saying, then come to me. Live the life that I call you to. And I'm going to give you rest. So let me take a moment to pray for you, okay? Father, there are many who are having a hard time and some much more difficult than others. And they're growing weary in the struggle. Would you give them the grace to turn to you? Now for some, Lord, this is a, a change of direction in life. For some, it's coming back to you. And for some, it's a reminder, I'm doing the right thing. Just keep loving God and loving my neighbor. And God's going to bring me through. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.